Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. Listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now, here are your hosts Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned into episode number 464 of Linux in the Hamshack, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. This is the 90th edition of The Weekenders. We want to thank you for tuning in to this Weekender edition. This is where we talk about upcoming amateur radio special events and contests, upcoming open source events, lots of stuff you can do with your lives in amateur radio and open source over the next couple of weeks. And then we dive into hedonism. We get into food and song and wine and whiskey and all the good stuff that makes life worth living. So we're glad you tuned in for that. And uh, we hope you're having a good time, and we're going to dive right into our topics. But before we do that, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Ross, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. All right. So as we always do on the Weekender, we're going to let Bill start out, and he's going to hit you with some amateur radio stuff that might tickle your fancy for the next fortnight. Yeah, so we have uh, the contests over the next uh, fortnight here. And these, of course, come from contestcalendar.com, uh, you know, because, like, that's where we get it from. So, anyway, <laughs> this uh, this coming weekend, we have the uh, Helvetia contest. Uh, I always get this confused with uh, Hellschreiber, <laughs> but it's not. It's actually the provinces of Switzerland, and it runs from 1300 Zulu, April 23rd, to 20, uh, 1259 Zulu, April 24th. Bands there are 160 meters through 10 meters. Modes are CW, single side band, and digital. So you have a, a plethora of opportunities and options there to run this contest. Of course, check out the link to the rules uh, so you can figure out everything that needs to work for this contest. But uh, if you uh, want to participate and collect the uh, provinces of Switzerland, this is a great one to do it because they'll be all lit up. Uh, another uh, one a contest that's uh, a little shorter, different different kind of contest, very similar to the radar contest that we talked about or the radar um, program, uh, is called QRP to the Field. Uh, this operates from 0800 to 1800 local time. So there you already get that it's a little different. Uh, April 23rd, bands there are 80 meters through 15 meters. So a little different as well there. Uh, modes are CW and a sideband. Uh, QRP to the field is an annual operating event to encourage QRPers and soda stations to get out of the house and operate portable from the field or a summit and, of course, make QSOs and have fun. QRP to the field encourages participation by QRP hams of all skill levels. CW speeds are usually in the 13 to 20 word per minute range. And input power uh, that counts as qrp is of course five watts on cw and 10 watts on sideband because the effective output on sideband 
is five watts at 10 watts, if that makes any sense to you. <laughs> so, and since you're an amateur radio operator, it should. It should, yeah. <laughs> Back in the day, they used to give you like the input power of everything, and you actually only got 100 watts back then, too. But that's okay. When they called it 200 watts, you only got 100 watts. But anyway, uh, no state QSO party challenges or worked off QSO parties uh, this coming weekend. Next weekend, however, that's different because we have the UK and EI DX contest, and that's uh, uh, the United Kingdom and Ireland are going to be hot and on the air. There'll be uh, all the districts will be lit up, hopefully. And uh, that runs from 1200 Zulu April 30th to 1200 Zulu May 1st, 80 meters through 10 meters. And this is the CW version of the contest, so only CW. And uh, let's see what else we got here. Oh, yeah, we have a big uh, state QSO party challenge. We have Florida. The Florida QSO party is coming up next weekend. So check that out and uh, put that one in the contest logger. Uh, what do you got for special events? Well, I did cut and paste a few special events in here for this fortnight. We have the first one sounded very interesting to me, which is whiskey for moonshine, which is uh, kind of cool. I did not get the deets on this, but there is a link in the show notes, and I'm going to click on that in a minute here and maybe read some of what it says. But first of all, let's talk about the contest itself, which is operating for, not the contest, the special event, which is operating from April 16th through the 30th, uh, full-time, I assume that's uh, various days and times of operations during that. The call sign will be Whiskey for Mike or Whiskey for Moonshine. So uh, the, the club is going to be operating it as A4SS, which is kind of close to our call sign, but... <laughs> um, and also has ass in it. Um, the, fre <laughs> yeah. the fre frequencies will be on or about 7.215, 14.250, 18.135, and 50.125. We'll see if there's any chance of making contacts on six meters during that time. Uh, beyond all HF bands, depending on volunteers, preferences, and equipment, using phone, digital, and CW, operations will take place in Franklin and surrounding counties. And let me jump over here to the, let's see. Operations will blah, 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 planned in conjunction with local Moonshine Heritage Card Show and Ferrum College around April 26th, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. or longer if they let us stay, according to this. And, of course, uh, you can find out more information about this by clicking on the link that will be in the show notes. So that sounds like it'd be pretty cool. And you get a one-by-one -one call QSL if you work it. So the next is the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 16 mission commemoration. This will be operating April 23rd through the 27th, 1400 Zulu to 2359 Zulu daily. Call signs associated with this are W5RRR, Romeo, Romeo, Romeo. It must be a pirate call sign. Yeah. And this is, of course, operated by NASA. So they're a NOTA station, NASA on the air. And then 4SA, on or about 14.045 and 14.271, which applies 20 meters, CW, and phone. Uh, NASA on the air is back for 2022. They'll be operating from various NASA centers in commemoration of Apollo 16th, 15th anniversary, and later other milestones through the year. Info and updates, as well as tracking and scoring, will be available at nasaontheair.wordpress.com. Individual clubs will be provided QSL information at the QRZ.com pages. And, of course, links will be in the show notes to more information. 
And finally, we have the Handy Ham 55th anniversary special event. This will be operating from April 29th, 1900 Zulu to May 1st, 1900 Zulu. Call sign is Whiskey Zero Zulu Sierra Whiskey, uh, which is the call sign of the Handy Ham Radio Club. They'll be operating probably all over the place, but they cite 7.040 and 14.265. And on Saturday, April 30th, the Handy Ham program will celebrate its 55th anniversary of helping people with disabilities get involved in the amateur radio hobby. This is a pretty special accomplishment for any organization. Listen out for CQ Handy Ham 55 on phone and CW. That's over at handyham.net. And of course, links to more information will be in the show notes. That's what we got. So we do have a couple of announcements we want to mention. The first one I'll mention first is uh, the Smart Ham Fest, Southern or Southwest Missouri Amateur Radio Club. That's going to be on June 4th from 8 to 1 p.m. I'll be there along with the other people participating in that particular event. So if you happen to be in Southwest Missouri on June 4th and want to stop by and say hello, you can do that. But of course, we will hope we've already seen all of you at Hamvention a few weeks before. So, you know, that will be cool, too. So speaking of LHS and Hamvention, the last episode, well, two episodes ago, we talked a little bit about our show and about what we're going to change going forward and about Hamvention as well. And uh, it, it came to our attention that our, our thought about changing the recording day from Sunday to a different day, Wednesday was the day that we discussed, is probably just not going to work out for any of us. <laughs> um, so... What we're planning on doing now is keeping the recording day on Sunday. But what we're going to do is we're going to move the standard recording time to the what was the standard recording time before Bill left for Island, which is 8 p.m. Central Time. But we'll be recording at 8 p.m. Central Time on Sundays. And what that will allow us to do is if we have a conflict of an event that happens on a Sunday, we should still be able to record on Sundays. We will just shift the time earlier if necessary. So the, the plan then is that the recording day will always be Sunday and it should be at 8 PM central time, but that time could actually fluctuate from, you know, from day to day, week to week, whatever, depending on what we got going on, but we're going to try and keep the day consistent. So we're not recording the Sunday of Hamvention. No, because we will be, no. in, yeah. we'll be tearing down. Everybody will be tearing down and traveling, so. and tra- traveling and transit and all that kind of stuff. What yeah. we may do we'll do recordings is, while we're there. Yeah. 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 We normally do like an end of day wrap ups, right? Didn't right. We did last yeah, time? Friday yeah. and Saturday. Yeah. 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 So, but there, so there's that. And then I also wanted to talk about the Linux in the Hamshack Ubuntu distro. We talked about this a little bit on the last episode, but we're hopefully going to have the LTS, the 2204, should be released here any day. And we'll have that built as an LHS distro, and we'll have that available in a couple of different versions, maybe three different versions for download. And uh, we talked about in the deep dive that we're going to have a duplicator on hand at Hamvention. I have purchased said duplicator. It should be in my hot little hands uh, in a couple of days. And we will have some USB thumb drives as well available and I'm going to be doing testing on all of this over the next week or two to make sure that this will do what we want it to do. 
And so we'll have that available at Hamvention. So if you want one of our Linux in the Hamshack distributions, all you have to do is bring a thumb drive to LHR to Hamvention. It'll have to be at least eight gigs, I would say. You wouldn't want it to be any smaller than that. Bigger is better. And we'll be able to uh, rip you a copy of the distro using our duplicator right there on site. And if you don't happen to have a USB thumb drive hanging around, we will have some available for, you know, donation to the show. And we will make you a copy as well. So we're going to test that out here over the next week or two. Make sure all that works. And that's the plan going forward. And we'll have that there. We will definitely not have DVD distros at this time because they're very unwieldy. And most people should be able to boot a computer from USB at this point. Um, if you still need something like a CD or DVD, you know, distro, we can still make them. And I would encourage you to like, let us know that you need one. And I will, I will just make you one, you know, a one-off or whatever and, and mail it to you. So if, if that's something you actually need, but hopefully we'll have this duplicator thing sorted out and, uh, we'll be ready to go for Hamvention. So anybody else have any uh, announcements? Mm, nope. I don't think, uh, I think anything. No, I'm good. All right. And, and uh, for our challenges, I just <laughs> throw in, be at Hamvention. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So do do whatever it takes to be at Hamvention. We'll see you there. All right. So moving on, let's get into some open source topics. And Bill is going to talk about a little distribution that he did some testing with. Uh, this was mentioned in the last episode, but we're going to reprise it here and see if we have any additional things uh, from that discussion last time. You're right, I, yeah, because I like to make it myself an easy job here running these episodes together like we do, which won't <laughs> be the case in the future. Uh, <laughs> distros to try this time is Pop! OS 2204 LTS Beta. And uh, this, of course, is the Jammy Jellyfish Ubuntu build. Uh, of course, Pop! OS does have their alter altered uh, variances from the LTS build. They have a, a different kernel, and then they have two separate builds based upon if you want the NVIDIA proprietary driver set or if you want the AMD slash Intel uh, driver set uh, in your build. So they have two separate ISOs right now that they're pushing out for uh, for beta testing. But, of course, you know, being as this is the weekender and everybody's versions are landing in the next couple of weeks here after recording uh you know you might be able to get the uh, full lts builds uh will all be out uh hopefully by the well before the end of the month for sure um of of jammy jellyfish so you should see the mainline ubuntu will be out uh, mate ubuntu all those guys will be uh pushing out their their builds very shortly after the mainline gets released um, I haven't seen any huge breakers in the uh, in the bug list. Um, um, although we did talk in the last episode a little bit about some issues with CQR log, um, which I don't think are going to be resolved because it's not really an issue with uh, you know releasing uh, uh, Linux or, or or the Ubuntu distribution, and as well the oddness with the the JS eight call. But um, but yeah yeah you should uh, take a look at these uh, builds as they get released. I believe the the date is the twenty fourth that they're supposedly landing on something like that 24th 26th of uh, april um definitely expect uh 
somewhere around there. As well, uh, 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 Fedora 36 is coming out uh, either the 19th or the 26th, based upon <laughs> whether or not they they can get it out the door on the 19th, and then their fallback date is the 26th. So yeah, just give one of the new uh, the new uh, builds out there uh, a try of the two two the the two big ones that we always talk about, um, Fedora or uh, or the LTSs of uh, Ubuntu. So uh, get, give those a try and uh, give us some feedback. Yeah, definitely. Please do that. And I still am debating whether or not I'm going to try Pop! OS, but, you know, so easy. Now that I've got a machine with, like, tons of RAM and tons of CPU power, just throwing them into the VMs is so much easier. Probably yeah. should just go ahead and do that. But, all right, so now we're down to open source events, and this is where we bring Cheryl in. And it's going to be a nice short one for you, not not like the uh, social media roundup from last time. So, Or the events from the past couple or the, of Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, we only have the one event this time. It's Tech Nation 2022. It's on May 12th. It's in the Netherlands. The cost is 135 to 185 euros. And the information provided is the new and improved edition of Tech Nation is approaching fast, and this year we're going to be in person again. At Tech Nation, you can broaden your knowledge in our hands-on labs, technical sessions, live demonstrations, and workshops, which are all focused on technology of the next era. Tech Nation 2022 will bring more than 700 developers and the best speakers from all over the world. Featured topics include AI and ML, IoT and embedded systems, developer experience, modern infrastructure, security, and new and cool. Share your passion with like-minded people, improve your skills, and have fun in an easygoing atmosphere at Tech Nation. And there's more information in the show notes. Um, There's one more that okay. we might need to mention just because... Um, I'm not well, sure. There's the DefCon. There's DefCon. That's not till August, though. But like, there is a Google I/O, which is also another big conference, and it is free to attend, and it's all online. So uh, take a look at that if you are interested in the Google uh, open source and other products. <laughs> yeah, we'll put a link in there. It's May 11th and 12th. Yeah, uh, so it's it's coming up soon enough that I don't think we'll be able to put it into the next weekender so let's say include it in this one hello phone hello is there someone there hello <laughs> it, it was me okay <laughs> it's not russ's ringtone <laughs> yeah, no. nope. it was yeah so close. uh yeah online may 11th through the 12th of 2022 and it's uh, io.google um yeah io.google that's funny that, that's their tld google <laughs> yep bastards no, just it's also google.io so oh is it yep <laughs> well there you go uh yeah it's free and of course they have uh, different tracks based upon um you know uh, obviously flutter is a big big topic and of course uh flutter is a part of ubuntu so uh it's very uh cohesive if you want to get into flutter app development uh they just uh released the tooling to do windows apps with flutter so uh yeah flutter is uh you know is it the next electron we don't know yeah something like that <laughs> 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 but flutter is uh is pretty popular um yeah and a bunch of other obviously tracks for uh all the big data stuff and everything else but yeah you can always find some interesting stuff in uh, google io so it's worth uh worth mentioning all right fantastic and we have thus mentioned it and of course links to more information about google.io or io.google will be in the show notes so check it out 
All right. Well, that's down through the amateur radio and open source stuff, which means we've come to hedonism. And of course, we always start hedonism with Cheryl and food because we're all human and we all need to eat. So what do we have this time around? Well, this week I am going to share my recipe for my mother's ham glaze. Um, We're actually recording this on Easter Sunday. Russ and I just got home from brunch with friends and I... Of course, I'd have a piece of ham while I was there. So for that, you need a cup of brown sugar packed, a cup of orange juice, a dash of ground cloves, and some whole cloves. For the recipe, you mix the brown sugar, OJ, and ground cloves together. One hour before the ham is to be removed from oven, crisscross the skin and stick in the whole cloves. Pour the liquid over and cover with foil until it's nice and hot. So, and that's it. And it makes a great ham glaze. So, yeah, and you know, you can reglaze too as, as it cooks as that last we, hour. Yeah, as we do. Yeah, to give you that nice, sort of crispy, glazy goodness on top of the ham. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. And considering there's only three ingredients in this, it's uh, pretty amazing. So, well, four with whole cloves. But well, yeah, that, I mean, so. two of them are cloves. So I'm going to call that well, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're two different types of cloves. So. <laughs> well, they're pretty much exactly the same cloves. <laughs> but all right very good so you also have a drink recipe to share with us i do this time i picked the butterfly martini it's a very pretty spring cocktail and i was especially interested in it after it mentioned that it uses creme de violette which we bought over thanksgiving while we were on vacation and i thought oh this would be a great way to use it so this calls for two ounces of gin one ounce of elderflower liqueur such as saint germain a quarter ounce of creme de violette, a quarter ounce of hibiscus rose syrup, such as Pink House Academy. That we don't have, so we'll have to get that. We do have some hibiscus syrup. A hibiscus rose. Well, I guess hibiscus I, I think it's going to be fine. the same, yeah. yeah. And a quarter ounce of simple syrup and an edible orchid, if you want to go that far for garnish. Okay, so, yeah, that we don't have, but we, <laughs> we can live it <laughs> out. So. so with this, dump everything in a cocktail shaker with some ice and shake for a few minutes, or a few seconds actually, and then strain it into the martini glass and garnish with the orchids. So... All right. Sounds good. I, I think I might have to make one of those afterwards. Although, after getting done with the review of what I've got here in front of me, I might just make another old-fashioned. So. Yeah, of course you would. So. <laughs> so what I have is something that's been on the shelf for a while, and I didn't realize I hadn't reviewed it up till now. So I'm going to do that for you at this very moment. I have Rossville Union Rye Barrel Proof Whiskey. And uh, the bottle was almost half empty when I pulled it off the shelf, and I just honestly don't remember drinking it, so I didn't remember if I liked it or not. So let's explore together. It's probably some of those freeloaders that you have. Uh, <laughs> no, Cheryl bought me this one. <laughs> oh, okay. Cheryl yeah, bought me this hidden. one. <laughs> yeah, well, it's on the rye shelf, and I don't, I don't usually approach the rye shelf all that often because it's a rye, and I'm, you know, more of a bourbon guy. But that being said... The description I found on this on the Rossville website is it began in 1847 with a bold, satisfying taste that would make Indiana the rye capital of the world. I don't know if it actually ever was, but they say it was. For nearly 200 years, Lawrenceburg's master distillers and blenders have been perfecting the original handcrafted rye blends in one of America's last Prohibition-era distilleries. Rossville Union is a return to the golden age of rye with an authentic taste that could only come from Whiskey City. And one thing, see, this is a Prohibition-style rye, and one thing I will say is that my current and actually longtime favorite bourbon is a Prohibition-style bourbon. So 
I'm I'm thinking I'm a a child of prohibition, I guess, <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I really like the stuff that I've tasted that has come from what they consider prohibition era uh, distillations. This is not stuff that was made in the prohibition era. It is stuff that is distilled in the style of the time of prohibition. So apparently whiskey during prohibition was the best whiskey, <laughs> which, you know, maybe that's the real thing. So uh, certainly has been for me. So what this is, is a blend of two different rye whiskeys. Both rye whiskeys have different mash bills. The first one is a 51% rye, 45% corn and 4% malted barley. And the other one is a 95% rye, 5% malted barley. They mix those two together, pour them into a barrel, and then dump them out after five to six years of maturation. My barrel dump here was number 83. Uh, all of the barrel proofs are bottled at the same proof, which is 112.6 or 56.3% ABV, which is high, but not super high. So uh, it's got a nice flavor to it. Uh, it comes from Lawrenceburg, Indiana. The color is a straight copper color. I mean, you couldn't... You couldn't ask for a more copper color, or if you think of like a translucent caramel, that's what it looks like. The nose I got it was, I have to say, pretty amazing. Rye spice, of course, dominates all of this because it is a rye, and it's a pretty high rye as well. Because if you take a 51% rye and a 95% rye, you're probably in the 60 to 70% rye somewhere. So for the, for the nosing scents, I got rye spice, salted lemon, cherry plantain or what you might call like a muted banana almond and chocolate covered strawberry so pretty delicious actually <laughs> and that's before you even taste it so once you once you get to tasting it you get rye grain for sure anise salted lemon again strawberry jam like strawberry on like a biscuit you spread strawberry jam onto a biscuit dough or biscuit an actual cooked biscuit that's exactly like that and again some light tropical fruit and the finish which is a medium length finish i kind of wish it was a little bit longer but that's my only detraction from from this whiskey at all uh is rye spice a faint citrus vanilla leather and a touch of anise and a faint hint of caramel at the end and if the thing is you can just you can just nose taste let it, you know, let it finish out and then nose taste finish out. And you want to completely redo that cycle over and over and over again. This is a fantastic rye whiskey. I didn't realize or remember how good it was, but it's definitely going to be something that's probably always on the shelf here. The, I don't know how much Cheryl paid for this, but the, they say it's about 70 bucks for a bottle. Is that, is that close? Do you remember? No, because I got it at, um, pretty sure I got it at Total Wine. Okay. That's about 40 bucks. For the Wow. Then you got apparently a deal. So. No, that's how much it is right now at Total Wine. The barrel proof? Make sure it's the barrel proof. Oh, no, no, no. That's not barrel proof. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So, yeah, it was probably about 70. That's usually my, uh, that's my limit on what I spend on you. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> 
get a little testy when I spend more than that. So, but mo- most of the reviews I saw and most of the store listings had it at right about seventy dollars. So I think that's what you're going to pay for it. And I will say. This is probably the first spirit in a long time that I can recall where I thought $70 is an underpayment for this whiskey. Um, it's really that good. And I, I made a, an old fashioned with it. So I, I gave it a neat score of 95. It's fantastic. And as an old fashioned, it's historic. I gave it a 97. <laughs> As an old fashioned, this, this wow. stuff is, is amazing. And as I said, I think if I paid a hundred dollars for this bottle, I would not be disappointed. You know, the thing is when we first got it, I don't remember you liking it. I, well, I mm. must've liked it to a certain extent because it was, you know, half gone. So. Half gone, right. <laughs> uh, for some reason I was just saying you didn't like it. So oh, I like it now. <laughs> <laughs> so, then. yeah this is great and for 70 dollars, like i said i i wouldn't have the slightest hesitation of buying another bottle at 70 dollars, or even more than that so if this is something you can you can find and have on your shelf i would do it and even if you're not a particularly rye kind of person uh i still think this would be right up your alley the the ryeness actually complements everything about this whiskey it doesn't it doesn't make itself awry like you might think and that flavor that some people might find obnoxious in awry i think is muted to the point where it just makes this a fantastic whiskey so so that's what i've got rossville union rye barrel proof i would definitely pick some up if you can find it and bill has got something i i tried to recommend to him and he he tried it and hopefully it was a good recommendation. So, yeah, yeah. This is a Glendalock double barrel Irish whiskey. And according to the website, upon its release, this whiskey won double gold at the World Spirits Competition in San Francisco. It really is an Irish whiskey that will make you think twice about Irish whiskey. A lovely, light, and drinkable whiskey. It's also complex with a depth of flavor beyond its years. It's aged twice in barrels from far sides of the world. The flavors are a game of two halves. American oak bourbon barrels bring sweet honey and smooth vanilla notes laying down the foundations of the flavors. The Spanish oak Oloroso barrels layer on dried fruit and nutty flavors. To find the best Oloroso casks, we go off the beaten track to the small Andalusian town of Montilla or Montilla, uh, home of the famous PX Grape. Here we can talk with one of the producers, choose the bodega, the liquid, the thyme seasoning, and eventually the casks. This gives us more influence of the flavors of the double barrel whiskey. And, of course, those are sherry casks uh, that are being uh, as part of the finishing. And let's see, this is a single grain. Uh, so this is a barley uh, whiskey mash bill. So 100% barley, I'm assuming. <laughs> Single grain, right? <laughs> yep. Proof is 84, uh, so it's 42% ABV, so a little on the light side, but that's pretty common for uh, for uh, uh, Irish whiskeys. Uh, of course, from the Wicklow uh, region of Ireland. Uh, its color is amber, and according to the distiller, the nose is rich with dark fruit, cherry, raisin, fig, and Christmas pudding. 
uh, floral notes with lemongrass, citrus, and a touch of nutmeg. Uh, to taste is sweet and smooth with butterscotch, honey, and peppercorn, dried fruit, maraschino cherries, and a brown sugar. And the distiller's finish is ginger spices with a touch of almond and earthiness. And I picked this bottle up uh, for about, I think, 38 euro uh, for 700 mils. So that's about 40, 40, $41 maybe. Something like that, um, U.S. dollars equivalent, and um, I rated it very good. So that's like the top of the scale. It uh, it is quite tasty. Um, I literally have just what's left in my glass here of the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I've had the bottle for for a little bit of time. I mean, I didn't get it this morning. Um, although I did drive through Glendalough this morning. Actually, not about this afternoon, actually. So <laughs> a few hours ago, we were actually in Glendalough, uh, driving through, just did, did a drive through. Uh, we spent some, uh, some, spent some time at a, at the, uh, Irish, uh, uh, seal rescue center and then, uh, decided to just drive through the country and take a look at things over there. And quite, quite a beautiful place for, uh, for a distillery to exist. And, uh, yes, um, very nice. But yeah, this is a uh, Glendalough double barrel Irish whiskey. Um, very, very good. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure you've had this before. It's really good. I've only had one Glendalough and it wasn't that one. It was, um, it was one that came from Ireland though, but it was a 24 year old and, Oh, well, you know, this is, this is garbage <laughs> compared to that probably. <laughs> well, I have said this before this on the swill. show. The 24-year-old uh, Glendalock is and remains the best whiskey I have ever drank. So, but I've, I've never had another Glendalock. Yeah, so. that, that's probably like a five or $600 bottle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm not buying one of those while I'm here, I can tell you that. Plus, uh, you know, Glendalock, as we discussed last time, is completely available in the U.S. Um, in fact, the distillery is not open for tours. Uh, they do sell stuff at the uh, at the hotel there in town, um, which, of course, today was Easter that we're recording this on, and it was completely packed with people. So we decided not to partake in going inside the hotel <laughs> uh, and just uh, just drive through and wave as we uh, as we went through and. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a very beautiful, beautiful countryside there, and uh, I'm sure it helps helps with the whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> it's the terroir of Wicklow, yeah. So, all right, really, very good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all the distilleries we have visited here in Ireland have been amazing. So, I guess that brings us down to the end of the show. We have talked about the amateur radio, we've talked about the open source, and we've talked about the hedonism. And we've had a couple of really, really good whiskeys and what sounds like a fantastic cocktail that, that may get made once or twice here tonight after the show. So it sounds like a good Easter drink. But uh, with that, we're, we're down to the end. We want to mention the folks who joined us live. We had Tony, K4XSS, and Don, KC9ZMY, and perhaps others who, who chose not to make themselves known. But thanks for listening to us. And we hope you all had a good Easter, a good holiday, whatever thing, because it's like Passover and Ramadan and Easter and, and all kinds of stuff going on right now. So if, if you're one of those people who celebrates any of those things, we hope you had a great holiday season. And we hope you have a great week, and we'll tune in for the next episode. But with that, we're going to go ahead and get on out of here. This has been the 90th edition of The Weekender, episode number 464 of Linux in the Hamshack. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. 
And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke lhspodcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at one 909 show. That's one 909 547-7469 Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show themed merchandise Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism Music